Hey, everybody, look, it's Key Issue, the definitive podcast brought by our friends CoverPrice, C-O-V-R-P-R-I-C-E.com. Isaac, what do you think of these new hand motions for this episode? Those are really nice hand motions. I actually couldn't bring my hand motions out fast enough, so I didn't know what to do. So I'm actually going to mix mine up with some shoulder motions too. Yeah, that's exciting. A lot of people have written in letters and they want us to have playful banter at the start of the show. <laughs> we'll have playful banter. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Isaac, how was your week? Uh, it was wonderful. Thanks for asking, Rand. I uh, took care of my two uh, children under two, and it was uh, a lovely time in a pandemic when you don't have childcare. Thanks very mm-hmm. much. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I fell off my bike and hit my head. Rand, were you wearing a helmet? I mean, my hair was very hard that day, but... Rand, may I ask you this? Are you somebody who has experience with head injuries from falling off a bicycle in the past? I think it's time that we get on with the show. Today we're talking about a character in the DC Pantheon. And part of why we're doing that is because we have a special guest with us. And you're going to see this special guest come up again in a supplemental episode. We have Batman Collector Rob Curry, Rob Curry, where are you? What's his hand Exc- size? Excited hand gestures. Oh, there you go. Actually, those are good. That's good. He did jazz it's, hands. You know what? It's, it's international sign language for... Uh... Yeah, I, I heard the crowd sounds. Now, Rob, you haven't been keeping track of the show. Um, we've talked about different titles within different IP that we think people should collect. And it would be, you know, sometimes the obvious, but sometimes there are lesser, let's not say lesser, uh, less collected titles that we're recommending. And we brought you in today because you are perhaps the most Batman collecty, that's a saying, Batman collecty person in the greater Southwestern Ontario area. Fair? Yeah, that is fair. Is there a time in your collecting where you've found yourself with Batgirl stuff by mistake or on purpose? By mistake. I like that. Uh, No, there are certain key issues. And again, I'm of a certain age so that, hey, that 66 show and Yvonne Craig and that Batgirl, it's it's like, yeah, no, of course you wanted to get the Batgirl on a motorcycle figure or the the issue where she first appears. And so, yeah, there's definitely a bunch of desired key issues that I want. It's scary to me that you use the word desired. That gives me the Williams a little bit, but I get it. I get it. Uh, it's true. For a lot of people, Batgirl is, has, is, as a character, is sexualized. And that's just the way it is. You'll see an Adam Hughes Batgirl or some of the other more pin-up-y artists, and they will present Batgirl in a certain way. I personally have liked recent Batgirl among the best. I like Batgirl when she's funny and witty and smart and cute and clever. I'm a sucker for kind of a more revisionist Batgirl. We'll talk about that a little bit, but um, we have to do a little history lesson. If we're going to talk about Batgirl, we have to go back to the evil Frederick Wortham. That's exactly what I was going to say. Seduction of, of the, the innocent. innocent. I totally didn't know this. This what? is intense. I didn't know. Well, I knew the seduction of the innocent, but I didn't realize that Batwoman comes out of this. Like the fact that he's, well, I mean, yes, I can get, I can imagine the silly jokes of, oh, Batman and Robin are gay. 
But like, really, this was in this book. I didn't actually know this was in this book, and this it, was a res- it was response. extremely specific. That uh, <laughs> he points out that several times they are drawn with their hands on their hips and their legs spread apart. That he says that they live the the ideal homosexual relationship. And what part of that paragraph that I love is that uh, there's no women in the house, and frequently there are displays of vases with flowers. Yeah. So apparently for Frederick Wortham, if you're gay, then you probably have flowers and vases. Just, just, just a quick comment. We have a, a, Nick, can you show us first the seduction of the innocent graphic? Can you pull that up? The UK version, see that? It's a, a, a subsequent printing. The first one was, the American one was just text. Look at the face of the kid in that. Terrified. It's so dramatic. And the source for some of this, we actually have. So if you, uh, Nick, you go to, I believe, Batman False Homoeroticism 1, we have an image. And you have a line there. This is the first chance we've had to finish cataloging these trophies since you returned. Gosh, Batman, remember this leather thong? It still has your teeth marks in it. And the second false homoeroticism panel is the one you see most places. Ah, that was a good sleep. Come on, Dick, a cold shower, a big breakfast, and then down to the Batcave to repair the Batmobile. I'm way ahead of you. They sleep in the same bed. Now, let's be honest. People reading this comic are children in 1952 or so. Uh, I don't think they would ever look at Batman and Robin sleeping in the same bed and assume there was a sexual relationship. Back me up on this, guys. I think the I can't uh, put myself in their shoes, man. You know what? The great, uh, the great comic book heroes by uh, sorry, Jules Pfeiffer. In it, he yes. says, "Why is there no women in that thing? Because girls weren't cool. That these comic <laughs> books were aimed at young boys, not in a sexual way. It's like no, it's like you wouldn't allow girls in the little rascals clubhouse, and therefore that's why there's no women in the comic books. It's not some." deviant reason otherwise no in fact it's the opposite of homosexuality it's sexism it's anti-female prejudice so just to hit a few of the interesting things that come up with seduction of the innocent and isaac i'm sorry that uh you were gonna cue for this oh it's it's, i didn't realize it was so this it's a known thing in the (laughs) 20s it happened in movies there was a commission by a guy named will hayes the hayes commission and they basically forced the studio owners to look after their own um, movies. If you don't self-censor, we'll do it for you. And there were groups like the Catholic Legion of Decency and groups like that. And so when Wortham came in, he looked at violence, and that was easy to do with the EC comics. He looked at what he called hidden nudity, which (laughs) you could (laughs) go through comics. That's right. They have clothes covering their hidden nudity. It's easy to <laughs> there find are nude drawings nudity. underneath the clothes drawings. <laughs> it is, but you you uh, you well know this, Rob. There are some artists who are well known for drawing basically naked people with something yeah. covering their nudity. Um, there was homosexuality with Batman and Robin, and they thought there was homosexuality with Wonder Woman. And my favorite part is when they said there's bondage and discipline with Wonder Woman. And the guy that created Wonder Woman went, uh, yeah, Yeah. Uh, actually, (laughs) yeah, I put that in there on purpose. So I don't know if he was like the best at 
from no, he did it. He he did it, <laughs> it for a reason. I, I, yeah, the yeah. first couple of years of Wonder Woman, if she yeah. is not in chains, tied up, treated yeah. like a dog or something yeah. like that, it's like what? What's wrong with this issue? William Moulton Marston was uh, into into that for a number of ways and was into alternate relationships in some speculation. So he was embedding it not as code, but Wortham was suggesting this was creating juvenile delinquency. To be fair. His source population for the students that he was studying came from like Bellevue Psychiatric Hospital. So he was looking at kids who were already in trouble and these kids frequently had been sexually abused and they were seeing things in the work that was coming out of the trauma of their lives. So it was a very flawed and I would describe it as a repugnant study that took advantage of, of young people in troubled situations. But it did capture the excitement of Estes Kefauver. And Estes Kefauver was a senator and he wanted to have a subcommittee hearing. And so this actually got on TV and Wortham was able to hold up stuff. And of course, Kefauver was best known for a subcommittee looking at the mob. And you're going to say, what does the mob have to do with comics? Well, this is shocking, but the mob was involved in magazine and comic distribution in the old days, because if you didn't rip the cover off the comics you didn't sell and send them back, you could get an affidavit credit that you could say, yeah, I ripped them all off, but then you could keep the comics that you didn't rip the covers off. Everybody's going to say, what are you talking about? In the old days, if you didn't sell the comics in your shop, you ripped the cover off to show that you didn't sell it and you sent it back and got a credit. The mafia got involved in this because they would not rip the cover off. They would just sign an affidavit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We didn't sell these. And so give us credit. We threw them in the garbage. And then they would go and be sold later. And so this is a famous story of how, uh, I can't remember his name, Charlie Rosnick from, Rosnick from Mile High Comics got one of the biggest collections of all time, 2 million or 1.7 million comics from a guy who had all those in a warehouse. So long story short, this crazy situation blew up and it became kind of the jargon of the time that comics were bad for kids. It was at one point, I believe there's a quote from Wortham who says, this is worse for children than Hitler. And this is less than 10 years or around 10 years after World War II. So this is pure insanity. And there is another interesting subsection. I don't know if you know this, Rob. You, I know you know this book as well. You've read it too, possibly. The pool population for some of the men that he discussed this with were gay men. So he would communicate with gay men and say, what do you think of this Batman-Robin relationship? And they would say, it's very exciting <laughs> because I'm a gay man. So I'm coding it to my interests rather than ask a 12-year-old kid, <laughs> you talk to what at the time were considered deviants, men who are gay, I, and you, I, it's the it's the wonderful case of the faulty logic because if you're yeah. a juvenile delinquent that you're you know you're now in jail and you admit yeah. that you read comics as a kid or you're gay and you admit that you like comics obviously comics are the cause of juvenile yeah. delinquency and and homosexuality yeah and, and you know are they related no not at all but but in the book that he definitely makes the case therefore comics are evil and anybody that's into comics will yeah. wind up in a studio. Uh, anyway. I've read so many comics to try and become gay. <laughs> and my marriage has never been stabler. Randall, might I, might I suggest uh, vases with flowers in them? 
because apparently, according to Wortham, that's that's one of the key and only men in your house. Nope. So, and to yes, and only men in your house. So let's hit to what it was that came out in 1956. It's Detective Comics 233. Nick's got it on the cover there. Isaac's going to find it on cover price. Do you have Detective Comics 233, Rob? I do not. So here's one Rob needs. Yeah, this is find the, it for him. This is from 56. It's the first bat woman. Her name is Catherine Kane. And here's what's interesting, and here's why I have these books. These books were written by a, a science fiction and fantasy writer named Edmund Hamilton. And he was one of the early creators of space opera. And I believe he got a start, Isaac, in Weird Tales. Ooh. And he was writing at the exact same time as Lovecraft and Robert E. Howard. He's one of those guys. If you can find the weird tales, and I think I have even that for you there, Nick. There's a weird tales there. His first, there, that's his first story is in there. I'm not going to remember the name of the story, but he goes back that far. Edmund Hamilton and Sheldon Moldoff were tasked with creating Batwoman to forestall any complaint about fiendish homosexual behavior. And Batwoman is embedded in by a writer, Edmund Hamilton, who has this interesting career. And by the way, he is also the guy, you'll love this, Rob, he is the writer for World's Finest Comics 153, which is the meme slap of Batman slapping Robin. That's him. Yeah. Another reason. So if you want to look up Isaac, yeah. Detective Comics 233. It's right and, here. And I, love, I, love the, I love the little slogan or what what uh, what Robin's saying to Batman in the car. Hurry. Oh, I just had it. Hurry, he, Batman. The Batwoman is beating us on this mission. It's yeah. actually quite good. Now, <laughs> in a sexist time, they've oh. imbued her with enough moxie to outrun them. Yeah. yeah. What do we have to pay for this when we have to go buy this? Uh, this comic, uh, uh, let me see, raw value around a thousand dollars. Typical graded at three point zero is uh, about eleven hundred twenty-six. So its record highest known value, it graded at seven point five August tenth, twenty seventeen, was seven thousand seven hundred sixty-seven dollars and fifty cents. What's it's, the raw? It's raw value about a thousand. It's Would going you- up though. Right now, fifty-six total recorded sales, and it's going up ninety-eight percent latest trend i don't want to put you on the spot rob but would you think that's a thousand dollar comic would you yeah that's why i don't have it (laughs) exactly (laughs) yeah i mean yeah even even at the lowest grades here at at 1.5 it's still 500 bucks now it's appendices here by last known sale you know what i I know that that one too really jumped with the new 52 when they came out with the new version of kathy kane and well we have her here too that's why it's up 98 percent we have kathy here too so we you're talking about these Yes. Yeah. yeah, I picked these up and I was going to go back and get Batman 233. And then I saw the price. So my research, when I found the Edmund Hamilton, I, I collect Edmund Hamilton books. Wow. Yeah, there's a book called, I think, Star Kings. Star Kings. It's one of these early space offers. But also, if you're really going to go deep, here we go. This is why you want this comic Dude. The artist is Sheldon Moldoff. He is another creator. Yeah. You know about Sheldon yeah. Moldoff. Yeah. Sheldon Moldoff has art inside Action Comics 1. Nick, you have some Sheldon Moldoff pages there. Can you show those? If you look in the back cover, that 
is one of them. Go, uh, sorry, go one for it. Go one more. Do the other Sheldon Moldoff. That is the back inside cover of Action Comics 1. And that's by Sheldon Moldoff. He is also a ghost, a Batman artist between 1953, I believe, and 67. He was not credited. He was paid under the table to ghost for the actual Batman artist. And he wrote this. At one point, I was doing between 350 and 360 pages a year. Wow. This Moldoff comic, this 233, is also valuable because he's the guy that did the cover of All-American 16, which is the Green Lantern, that original Green Lantern. And just jumping back on price here, I just checked. eBay has one at uh, 5.5, graded 5.5 slabbed. Uh, 28 people watching this, so it's, it's being watched at $36.95. You're talking about $233? Yeah, $233. $5.5, $3,695 uh, Canadian, sorry, uh, is sitting... Nope, pardon me, that's American. Uh, and there's 28 people watching that right now. Like, this is... It's, it's expensive. <laughs> for, me, for me, Rob, the provenance around Hamilton and his story and, and being in there with Robert E. Howard and Lovecraft... And Sheldon Moldoff and all those beautiful covers that Moldoff did, and that and that character being created by those two, that that to me makes it really interesting. And then coming out of Wortham and the seduction, that that it is very easy to convince yourself that you should buy a maybe not for everybody for four grand. There you go. But but it is a really it's a truly valuable comic in knowing the provenance. But let's jump to that 139. Yeah. Now, you have a 141 here that you brought in. Let's first show his 141. Nick, do you want to give me that overhead? Because he's got Batgirl. She is in a, I think she's in, in 139, 40, and 41. But her first is 139. The whole concept, I like Bat-Girl. This is not Batgirl. This is not our Batgirl. This idea was also a reaction to Wortham that if there's going to be a love interest for Batman, there, there has, has to, to be, be one. Yeah, one. We're not creating Robin. a triangle here, man. I think we, Bat- yeah, we don't want a triangle. So she was created for Robin's partner. Again, a little bit sexist. Is there any is there any logic to me? Col- <laughs> just a little bit. Is there any logic to me collecting one thirty nine, Robin? I almost called you Robin. Robin that means Paul's I can be Batman. Well, it's a good Batman name. <laughs> Isaac, what, what are we going to get that one for? Uh, raw comic at uh, 382. Uh, graded comic 5.5. Average is about 552. Uh, highest known graded at 8.5. January 27, 2019 is 2880. 8.5. It's down 42%. A little bit. That's amazing. You know, it's definitely the curiosity factor. Uh, I think she only made about six appearances. Yeah, it's Betty Kane, the, the niece of uh, of Kathy, and uh, and yeah, the the story. I've read all the stories, even if I don't have all the books. Yeah, and she is just so. You know, why doesn't Robin like me? Why can't yeah. we be boyfriend and girlfriend? It's 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 yeah, it's degrading. Yeah, and, it's, and it's this quite a bit sexist. This comes in that period before Julie Schwartz comes in and cleans house. There's that three yeah. year period. This is from 1961. So this your uh, your comic here is 141. That would be like 62 ish. Yeah. And you're here in a uh, yeah one two. You're here in this phase where Julie Schwartz comes in. The legendary. How would you contextualize Julie Schwartz? He was he saved 
DC in a way. He was he was the star maker. He was the and again with with such a science fiction background, uh, he was yeah. so involved in so many of the early fanzines and and, mm-hmm. and such. But yeah, he was. You know what, Green Lantern? Let's make an intergalactic police force. Let's Incredible. have these guardians of Owen. And you know that was a hit. Obviously, the Flash started the Silver Age of comics, uh, and that was his doing. Batman's well, it, it, sales we should actually, were down. We should put an underline under that. That showcase four is the first comic of the Silver, Silver Age. Age. Yep, and that's that's totally Julie Schwartz. And so with team players Carmine Infantino and and uh, and so it's Murphy Anderson as an inker uh, and as an yeah. artist and so much of it and. Uh, so yeah, it was Batman was too much in the daytime, too much family stuff, yeah. too much Batmite, too much Bat Hound, and so he yeah. said, "Nope, it's detective yeah. comics. We're going to make him a detective. We're going to give him a new look." And he, uh, depending on who you read, Batman sales were getting so low that yeah. it could have been a canceled title. And so yeah, Julie Schwartz saved Batman. It's it's interesting too. He created Adam Strange, and now uh, Tom is uh, Tom and Mitch that that team, Tom King and Mitch Gerardus. They're bringing Adam Strange back, which is an interesting grab from Julian Julie Schwartz's past. Julius Schwartz's past. Are you reading Adam Strange by any chance? I'm not, unless he crosses over into Batman. <laughs> There's no way to catch you up, is there? <laughs> you're not a DC. You're not a DC fan at all. You're a Batman fan. I am a Batman fan. Yeah, first and foremost. And so, you know, do I collect Batgirl stuff? Well, yes, because it, she is connected it to dovetails. Batman. Well, listen. Let's pull out our next one of value. Uh, give us an overhead there, if you would, Nick. This is that 327. Now. For people who don't know what this has to do with Batgirl, it kind of doesn't have anything to do with Batgirl. But it's very important for Julia Schwartz, isn't it? It does. It, it is. It's the reset. This, this is so Batman's going to look different. He's going to act different. It's going to be more... I mean, there's there's still a little bit of fun in it, but it, it's definitely more of a, a serious, more of a realistic mm-hmm. comic than the, the Shelley Maldoff cartoon style. Yeah, and it's... It, they refined some of the things, pulled some stuff out, but they also started bringing in some more stuff, like some of the goofier stuff that we associate with the comics that came out after Seduction of the Innocent. They were able to find a way to bring them back in a more, I don't want to say exalted, but they, we'll talk about that in a minute. Maybe you don't even know what I mean, maybe just yet, but this idea that some things that are gimmicky and silly can be recontextualized by good writers. And that's sort of a first step in that direction. So 327, it's not Batgirl, but it is leading to some Batgirl that later is is more interesting. The next one we have to talk about is, of course, 359. So here's the same team that that developed the new look, the same artists, same writers and whatever else. And it's interesting too, because... The original Batgirl was, you know, Seduction of the Innocent. There was this external force to create a character in Batman comics. In this case, it's the third season of the uh, worldwide success 1966 Batman TV show. And they said, you know what? We want more female viewers. And so please come up with a a female character. So again, external pressure to, to create a Batgirl. And in this case... Infantimo and Schwartz said, okay, here's, yeah. this is what the new one's going to look like. Now it's Commissioner Gordon's daughter. Now, I, I will hit a few things in that. Isaac, I want you to please, if you would look up Detective 327 and then 359 yep. to give us a report on that. I've got 327 up already. Um, its raw value is nice. It's around $26. That's um, a grab. Yeah, that's a grab. Graded at average at 6.5 is like $38. 
But its highest known value is 4182 at graded 9.8. Uh, Can you nine. imagine a 9.8 of that? Yeah, that it's, would be pretty hard you to know, find. I read my Batman comics, even the latest ones, even though, yeah. yes, 100 years from now, hopefully they'll be worth $3 instead of $2. But still, <laughs> it, it, yeah, it amazes me that somebody ignored it and yeah. got it somewhere flat and somewhere well, that wasn't, you know, that, the moisture, moldy, whatever else. So yeah. the, the story is, though, if you, if you find a set of comics that are from a certain era and they're 9.8s, they were those ones that were taken out of that fake affidavit structure. That's what I've been told. So you, there are some that you can't get in that shape. They couldn't even have been shipped. Like they're off the truck, put in yeah. a warehouse. Um, the interesting thing about 359, I love that cover. It's on my wish list. I have turned it down at 100 bucks many times because it's never as good a shape as this. Uh, I like yours. You said it's not in great shape, but the color is nice and the black is perfect. And that's always the problem. It's always the black that is screwed up. But your your black color there is just just creamy and crisp. You know what I find interesting too? That, hey, she's powerful. She's, yeah. you know, she's trained. She beats Killer Moth. And yet at the end of it, Batman says to her, uh, no, we can't have you alongside us because we can't be responsible for a girl in danger. So, <laughs> so terrible. Uh, and even Robin touches her cheek or something like that. It's yeah. like, hey, cutie or whatever. It's like, oh my God, this is horrible. Yeah, screwed and it yet up. in her first appearance, oh, at least we have a new Batgirl now. But yeah. yet there's, there's still carry-ons. There's more provenance that informs that. You mentioned it, Yvonne Craig. I, I always want to say a different name. Uh, she was a very fit, strong, like she's not a skinny little waif. She's a very fit, powerful, she was a dancer and she's got a, a Nick, I think we have, a, I think I pulled a picture up of the way she looks. If I'm not mistaken, it's Yvonne Craig Batgirl, her pose. Yeah, she's, they would always put her in a very vigorous pose and she had strong legs, strong thighs. She was just almost like a modern girl, the way she was muscled in a now, way. My understanding is that she was like a Broadway trained dancer. Mm -hmm. And so instead of you, instead of in, in the TV show, having her do a roundhouse kick or, or more of a karate kick or whatever mm -hmm. else that they decided, yeah, if she, if she used that legs of steel from Broadway to do the, yeah. the, the high kick that you saw in that picture, uh, and that you even see at the the, the start of the animated uh, part of the show. Yeah. That uh, that yeah, that's one reason why they did it is that that she believes that she got the part because she could actually ride a motorcycle, which uh, in the 1960s that was more rare for a woman to be riding cool. her own motorcycle. So the fact that she could kick, ride a motorcycle, she obviously should be cast. And another piece of provenance that fits into that is that William Dozier could be credited as one of the creators of that character. And William Dozier is the voice of yeah. next week's Batman adventure. He is the narrator of the series and the creator of Green Hornet and the guy that brought basically Asian martial arts into American homes. So if you are looking at these sort of dovetail interests, to me, that's a great buy. And it's always been up on my list, but I want one that looks good. I love that cover. We can't say enough about Carmen Infantino when he's when he's doing one of his best covers, and he has lots of some of his best covers, they are some of the best DC covers. And what I've read too is such a sense of design. And I think at yeah. 327, you see the start of that that influence of design and yeah. layout. Shelley's definitely a legend in, in DC, but but it, when when it changes over, then it's like, wow, the, the, the skylines, the buildings, the... 
there's just so many elements of, of placement in it. Mm -hmm. And so my understanding is that, yeah, he was the guy that, that came up with the, the design of Batgirl's costume and that that was copied in the, the show. It's like, oh, this is what she looks like in the comics, so we're going to do a, a similar outfit for the show. And Rand, well, I must say that you're, you, you should be kicking yourself. I know. I, you it, should it, be it, kicking it, yourself. I was going to ask you. Yeah, but good one. Go uh, ahead and say. So let's go ahead and go, okay, a .05. Let's start at the bottom. Mm -hmm. .05 graded. Now, mind you, this is older than six months ago. That's mm -hmm. $175. Bucks. Yeah. So the average in the middle is somewhere around 500 to 800 to 1,000 mm -hmm. in mm -hmm. a 4.5 4. 4. up to a, a 6. If you get up into the higher grades, like you say, those unattainables, highest recorded uh, value um, sold in November 28th and 2018, uh, $16,263. You, you, so, uh, you have at least a 4 here, don't you? Four so or five. If, you, if he's a 4 and a 5, he's upwards around 500 to $1,000. Uh, um, Canadian. I mean, sorry, sorry guys, I gotta go. I got things to sell. <laughs> yeah, you got a lot <laughs> you're of never gonna. I mean, your 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 average value, average raw value is three hundred eighty eight dollars, and typical grade at at six is seven hundred thirty nine. So let me give you another reason why you want to buy it. <laughs> I'm layering these things together. Do you know the name Gardner Fox, Rob? Of course, I, I get right. an, another legend. He's a genius. Yeah. I did a little research on Gardner Fox, and it's pretty crazy. He created the first superhero team, Justice Society. He also created, listen to this, Isaac, the first sword and sorcery comic in 1950. And I would like you, Nick, to pull it up. I want to it. Buy says, it. It's Gardner Fox. Wait till you see what it's called. Okay. Look it up. Here it comes. Crom the Barbarian. <laughs> Wait a minute. Crom. And the artist for that is John Junta, who was involved in yeah. those early X-Men. That's right. I'm so really in 64, when Julie Schwartz was reinventing Batman, he had to find someone who was brilliant. And Gardner Fox was brilliant. Gardner Fox was a guy who was famous for thousands of books about all kinds of crazy things. And if Julie Schwartz said, we need something new in Batman, something crazy, and what could it be? Gardner Fox is the kind of guy that could talk about some African god that was in a voodoo thing, and he would know all about it and how you could implement it. So I, he was super inventive. I think He's, it's in interesting to note, too, that he was the first writer of Batman after Bill Finger, the original writer. Yes, and is he not also the creator, correct me if I'm wrong, he created Earth 2. Yeah. I think that's his idea. Yeah. And it gets crazier. I found him later because I, I collected bad girl books of the 70s, 60s and 70s, the sort of soft core stuff. And he wrote the books, Man from Orgy and Cherry Delight, The Sexecutioner. <laughs> Great titles. I don't think he did them under his name. So way back when I was going into bookstores and finding these crazy old books that were Were they hidden behind a curtain? Like I'm, I'm, I'm confused. Is this the female empowerment episode of Key Issue? I just I, three I'm white sure. men talking. I'm not sure what I was told when I agreed to be on this one. I, I just I'm all I'm trying to do is build this story behind that title to give me the guts to pay the three or four hundred bucks I need to get a crappy copy. Yeah, middle that of the road. That makes sense. Mm -hmm. 
I, I'm, I'm glad that you have it. I think it's beautiful. It's one of my favorite. It's always been a comic that I really wanted. This and the Poison Ivy feel like you want to have them side by side. You know that? What's that number on the Poison Ivy? 181. So sweet. And you want to have those I, side by side. I do have them side by side <laughs> in, a, in a room in my house. Yeah. Do you really put them side by side? I really do have them side by side. They're actually one above the other. Yeah, but, they, uh, but it's they on, need a, it's to on be a row like of first appearances. But what I like about Batgirl, the the things that appeal to me in Batgirl really come out in this one. This is where you see that, right? That she's tied into the mythology. She's Gordon's daughter, right? There's a lot of juice there that you can play with. Yes, it's sexist, but it feels like she's part of the world. She's not just grafted on like the Bat Dash girl. Now, we talked about 369. You probably had it here, didn't you? Let go, Batman. You've had it as top bat in Gotham <laughs> City. From now on, I'm teaming up with Batgirl. I love these titles. You know what? The, uh, Maybe the start, I don't have at, it here. Like, again, one of my favorite titles, which I wasn't the first to admit that it's just horribly sexist, is the one that you're running in the background. Uh, it's the... Uh, uh, you know, Batgirl, help us. We have a real problem. And she goes, uh, I have a bigger one, Batman. I have a run in my tights. Which it's just so is just such a slap. brutal. What if Batman had a run in his tights? Is that like he a, does he stop? And well, go, he frequently man. does. <laughs> he frequently has a run. So are you talking about tights. this one, Rob? 369? Batgirl uh, breaks up the dynamic uh, duo. Yeah, I'm talking about 369. That's yeah. the one that, that you that should is buy. The yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, do you want can you, can I know Isaac's? Yeah, we've got it up on the screen. There we here. go. Yeah, yeah. there. I could, I could, there we go. Yeah, yeah. that's a beautiful yeah. cover too. Yeah, it's quite yeah. dynamic. And Batman is going to pull poor Robin's arms right out of his yeah. socket. Now, is that a <laughs> is that a Gil Kane cover too? Is it or is I it, can't. Is it, it a Murphy Anderson? I'm I think it's sure. signed underneath his foot, but it's not a Gil Kane scan. does the interior art though, for sure. I think so. And, and yes, I do. I do have that issue. I didn't bring it today, but that that is one that I do. Have. But that's that's when. But we're getting closer to a modern Batman there. But that's a Batman that's created after the series is popular and yeah. has kind of camped it up so much. Yeah. Do yeah. you find that there was a reaction in the titles to the series? I think. I mean, I have some issues where even Robin makes fun of it. He'll say, you know, yeah. holy zap gun Batman. Yeah. Or, or I think the uh, second appearance of Mr. Zero, where they call him Mr. Freeze, that, uh, that Robin says, you know, gee, Batman, what a hokey name. It sounds like something from a bad TV show. So they're constantly, yeah. you know, self-referencing. And, uh, and yeah, those early issues with Batgirl that uh, I'm so rooting for her. But at the same time, there's still some baggage from yeah. Uh, from earlier times and from the show. It's, I think we're still in the waiting period before the yeah. 70s come. What is yeah. 369 going to well, go I'm gonna for? I'm going to ask you before I go there, Rand, uh, let's just recap here. What? Why is this one, I may have missed this, why is this one a key issue? Which this, one? The one we're talking about, 369. 369? Because of the breakup? Is that the thing that's, that's the key that's issue? That's the first team up with Robin. I see. Okay, yeah, because this is a, this is a, this is a nice, easy comic to get. I mean, it's raw typical value is 21 bucks. It's uh, one of the, it's a relationship that has been off and on and utilized through titles for, well, since I mean, be 40, 50 years now in different ways. Yeah. 
And some of them very explicit and some, it, and some of them just exactly. referenced and, 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 and interesting combinations. I know one of the other issues that you have come up, which we'll get to is Batman number one, uh, Batman family number one. Next one to talk oh, about. Oh, cool. Because by that point now, uh, Barbara Gordon is definitely, it, it's the senior in that pair that, yeah. uh, you know, she's a congresswoman now. It's, it's none of this librarian stuff. It's, no, let's, uh, get to, let's get to it, uh, Isaac. Go to Batman Family 1. And Nick, you can give me an overhead here because I got it right here. Oh, you do? Nice. Yeah. And, and what I like about it is it's the origin of the Bat, Batgirl Robin team. But look where she is. Is that not the Capitol building down in the United States? Oh, look at that. Yeah. Because she's, like you said. Oh, yeah. And once again on her motorbike, it's Mike Grell cover art. And if you, like me, love the way Mike Grell draws female characters, look at her beautiful face. Is, oh. Are they fighting a dead president with a flaming sword? No, well, it's the ghost of Benedict Arnold. Go, yeah, he's oh, a wow. traitor, guys. He's a traitor. But yeah, yeah Batman's not in it. What I like about this one is that Batman's on the cover on the side going, no, here's the stars of this. Yeah this series and it's the origin but if you get it you got to get a look at this do you you know what i'm talking about when i say mike grell's faces rob you get oh, what yeah. i mean no Just, i, I really, love everything from his longbow hunters to uh to yeah. the james bond uh yeah. miniseries that he did just amazing stuff yeah and and this is what where we're going to get to one of the theses that i have about batgirl for me batgirl is very much about which artist has her and is utilizing her i i collect modern Batgirl stuff based on the artist. And that's sort of what we're going to get to here. But I love this cover. I'm so glad you brought it. It was one of mine on my wish list. I've never seen it in a, in a shop at all. What does it go for? Uh, it's actually, uh, it's raw value, 10 bucks. I mean, you can, the highest known graded value is 175. Um, so, I mean, it's, I mean, just so that I'm clear, are you saying the Rob value because Rob I'm Rob value. and I paid ten bucks for it? Is that the what Rob it is? Oh, the Rob okay. value. Gotcha. The, the, but like, so this is definitely like—is this the first time we're seeing? Is I, I may have missed that. Or is this the first time we're seeing as a, as a congresswoman, or is that? This is definitely a reaction to the women's rights movement, right? I mean, it's a little less sexist than it was previous. Was it it's not? an attempt in that direction. Yeah. yeah. I um, think by the end of this thing that uh, there's a bit of tension, and so Barbara gives gives him a gives Robin a kiss on the cheek, and you can tell that Dick Grayson is sort of like, oh, okay, yeah, this, it's a neat this, role reversal from what you see in in three fifty nine. It, it did come out in, in right 1975, yeah. so that is after the ERA Equal Rights Amendment, yeah. and this is right during that period. Yeah. That's what I wondered because it's definitely it, right there on the cover. But uh, yeah, they, they're still going to draw her with a beautiful face. Well, yeah, that's the rule. Got to sell a comic. <laughs> let's let's go the other direction. Right. Rob and I have dueling, killing jokes here. Which one of us reads comics more, and which one of us <laughs> stores them more? He has fingered his poor comic. You into know what? Because, and this, you're going to hate this, but. I have multiple copies, I, which I bought when it first came out. So Same. I have the totally untouched, sealed one because it's it, just so amazing. Okay, so are you a Brian Ballin guy? Yes. He really, he made a joker. Like, he's really done a joker. I think, I think it, when, so often you see that or you see the, the panel from the inside of it when he first, you know, realizes what it is and the insane laughter that that's, yeah. that's the joker picture it's like he, no question neil yeah. adams draws an excellent joker but for me the that killing joke yeah. joker is the royally creepy best this is the one with all the, the, the laughter in the background yes i'm trying to pull it up it's being everybody insane. has to get this comic yep yeah 
This comic is dark, it's painful, it's brutal. It's Alan Moore, so it's beautifully written. It's Brian Bolland, which I think when you have a British team come into something so quintessentially American, they're able to bring something different to it. I don't know if you agree, but there's something infused in this that really does feel like they well, are finding again, something I, else. I, in I find Grant Morrison, uh, you know, both with uh, yeah. Arkham Asylum or later too, it's like, you know, is it is it this good because he is? He's... He's not living in New York City and driving yeah. the pages to no. Yes, yeah. Nick, I got that data for you. Yeah, this is this is what, what a great what a great panel. Yeah, that is Joker. Yeah, that's terrifying. Now we're not going to give any spoilers, although everybody knows what happens in this. But this changes Barbara Gordon for many, many, many years, and it is what's, eminently collectible for all the reasons, including the beautiful art. What's also what's interesting is that. Shortly before this issue, like within a year, there's there's another one that's on the table there, a Batgirl special number one. In it, she decides, you know what? I'm done with the superhero thing yeah. and retires. Yeah. And and so, yeah, and basically, yeah, she's out of the Batgirl costume right. for, for so long. So it's a case where she goes, yep, I'm, I'm moving on. So it was a one-off special. Again, mm-hmm. I think it's fairly accessible price-wise, but it's where she decides to stop being Batgirl and that's when Alan Moore contacting DC editorial editors is going, would it be okay if I crippled her? And so, yeah. And they, they said, well, yeah, she's out of the costume now and plans to retire. Go, go nuts. And so, unfortunately, the Joker goes nuts. But I love how they retconned her. Well, let's not say it a retcon. How they took her disability and used that as a story generator that made her more human. Like I, That was a really thoughtful approach and you guys have to go and read the Batgirl that comes after that, which we're going to give you some tips here. I want to just pair with that Brave and the Bold 33. Nick, can you put up the cover to Brave and Bold 33? You don't have that, you said, Rob. No, I do not. So Isaac and I were lucky enough to interview Michael J. Str- J- Michael J. Fox. Joe Straczynski. Wow. <laughs> Michael J. Fox. J. Michael Straczynski. Joe Straczynski. He wrote this story, Brave and Bold 33, it's Girls' Night Out. Have you read this one? Yes. You know what I'm talking about then. Yeah. It's so heart-wrenching. It is. It's funny because with the, the whole, and, and not to spoil things, but hey, eventually Barbara Gordon gets back. They, they, they change it again. And so do you, yeah. do you, you know, is she more powerful because... She's working from a wheelchair. How many other, you know, mm-hmm. heroes like have a pedigree of, yeah, I was Batgirl. I was part of the mm-hmm. bad family team and now I'm in this chair. And so it, it is, it's, it's a, I think that's part of the attraction of the Barbara Gordon Batgirl is that there is, they're so, that, that they make her more human. Totally. And the dramatic irony of this issue with her knowing what's happening and just the last night out, let's enjoy it while you're, yourself yeah it's very very touching it is actually a truly sad very touching comic and joe does a beautiful job with it i like the art too uh isaac did you tell us what the killing joke was worth no we jumped away from that one uh i noticed the killing joke, there's 13 variant covers that are all the same cover yeah with just a very very subtle color change or text difference if you have so a good some of those thing, are the printings though 
Yeah, because I think the original first printing, I think, is green. I, I have two of the colors because I'm weird. Yeah, and, uh, but some of them are very subtle difference. <laughs> you know what? You know what I love about this too is I was in England and I saw the original artwork page oh, by wow. Bolin, larger size, uh, and it's the one where he's sitting in the cell. They're playing cards, and I just absolutely love the outline of Batman, but the teeth. Yeah, and uh, so eleven hundred pounds, <laughs> but it's. But it's it. It's you know, the original artwork. Yeah, it would have been an amazingly good buy. Yeah, that's except a good buy. I didn't have eleven hundred pounds the year that I was over there on a on a student trip. But it, yes, it was amazing to see that page. Wow. With the brush strokes wow. and the pencil lines. And- it's amazing to see this com- like this is the first time I've ever noticed this on this site, is to see one graded at a 10. So this one was wow. graded at a 10. Well, this, this came out in a time when everybody you could, yeah, was you could buying do, I've, Obviously, we've been yeah. doing a lot of older comics. Fair enough. Yeah. So, so obviously, there's no 10s of, of the old, old ones. But the this one is, uh, was that was back in October 2015. Um, that sold for $3,824 graded wow. at a 10. But if you're down below, uh, below that, it quickly drops. A 9.9 9, uh, is, say, uh, 28 Ninety-five. One was sold for one hundred and fifty-nine dollars, which is kind of odd. Tell me about um, a raw. A, a raw, raw comic is about sixty-two dollars. Typical grade at nine point eight at one hundred and sixty-two dollars. I think if you see now, this for fifty, sixty bucks, you should. Buy oh it. yeah, yeah, sure. totally. Now, what's interesting about this too is that Bolin wasn't happy with the coloring of it, and so no years, joke. Years later, <laughs> uh, that they released his version yeah. of it. So the same artwork, but it's so much more subdued. It, it it's, is it's, better. It's closer to a black and white. Yeah. And, I like uh, it much better. I know something that was in Andy's shop uh, last week that I didn't pick up. What an idiot. Uh, was the slightly larger than regular format uh, anniversary edition of Killing Joke. But uh, it's in terms of Batman comics, Killing Joke is one of the comic books. It is so influential to yeah. people like Christopher Nolan and Tim Burton and and so many other interpreters yeah. of Batman that this this is one of the ones. It's proof proof concept of get the best writer, get the best artist, give them Batman and watch magic. Like that's that that's that recipe for changing things forever, you know? This is one of those, you put a killing joke down and you can look at everything after it and it's different, it's influenced by that. Now, let's go to something that's a little less influential. Birds of Prey 1. Now, you're going to have to look for this, and I don't think we have this one here. I, I have a later version of one yeah. there, I think. But, I don't uh, think I have but there's the one, the Chuck Dixon. Uh, Isaac, you're going to have to pull it up. I sent you the link. Sorry, I know. Oh, yeah, I didn't get that one up because I couldn't bring I couldn't find it. Okay, this, well, we'll just talk about yeah. it quick. Oh, there it is. There now. it is. Nick, thank you. Uh, that comic is, you know, Chuck Dixon, Gary Frank. It is not valuable. You can get that for three bucks out in the world. But that's a good one. Birds of Prey. Barbara doing her thing. Oracle. Have you read that one, Rob? You know what? I don't know if I've read that version of it, but I will say that I have the box set of the Bird of Prey TV show, which at times was awful, but I got it anyway because there's Barbara Gordon in -hmm. the chair steering Mm -hmm. the show. Now, should we talk about Batgirl Adventures? Uh, yeah, you have that up here. Yeah, uh, is this? Is it, uh, is that You're going to look at one. That's Bruce Tim, right? Yep. Yeah. Show us some Batgirl Adventures one. This is Paul Dini, Bruce Tim. So now you animated fans. Mm-hmm. 
this would be right in the sweet spot for you guys, would it? 1997. Um, I I didn't watch the show very much. I actually watched it. What? I, I saw it. What? I cable. Oh, sorry, I'm looking the wrong way. Did. What? Everybody <laughs> wants to get the one that is in front of me. Yes. Nick, do you want to give me the overhead here first? Everybody wants that. What makes me vomit in my lunch is that he has his price that he paid for it, $1.75. Wait, I don't have that one up on my computer. Why don't no, I- you're so, not. we're not talking about that one. Okay. Sorry, the one that he has up right now that you can see is uh, Batman Adventures number 12. And it's actually crossed out and, and girls written into it. So yeah, you would want this uh, issue because it's Batgirl on the cover. And look, there's the animated series Batgirl. It probably even sounds like Tara Strong's doing the voice for it. And that's why you would buy this comic book. And that's why it was peaking at well over $2,000 at some point. That's not the reason at all. The real reason is that little character that's behind Batgirl, a character called Harley Quinn. This is the first comic book appearance of Harley Quinn. Oh my God. It's, this one's a hard one. Everybody wants it. I remember buying, uh, not buying it because it was $300. And I thought, I'm not paying $300 for that. And I, I wanted it because I wanted that Batgirl. I should mention that I hesitated at a buck 75 because that's over cover price. <laughs> What's the number? I want to pull this one up. Why don't we pull this one up? What you want to look up is Batman Adventures 12. Going to have a big key on it. <laughs> yeah, no joke. Yeah, but I yeah. like Batman Adventures one. I like that cover for one. It is. I it do, is I really do have nice. that one too. I didn't bring it, but I I do have it because again, I Holy I cow. do. I love Bruce Tim's artwork. We had a discussion yeah. as to what is he like as a human being or to talk to. Well, maybe not he, so much. But listen, but his people, artwork, love it. It's iconic for me. Yeah, some I think people you got a, earn their you, you did okay at a dollar seventy five. Um, Rob, is that the that, Rob price? Or that's the a Rob, Rob price. price. The Rob price is the the average Rob price is seven hundred and thirteen dollars. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Uh, average grade at nine point six is uh, six ninety six, which doesn't make any sense. But uh, yeah, highest graded nine point eight September seventeenth two thousand nineteen twenty four ninety nine ninety nine. And I was so. looking at a raw at three hundred some years ago. I guess that's probably because of the movie, right? It's up two hundred and thirty-seven percent is the latest trend. This so was happening before the movie. Okay. This was happening it, before yeah, the movie. It, she was such a popular character in the uh, in the ninety-two series, and then when they they brought her into this, uh, and then ultimately later, there's a beautiful Alex Ross cover of a Harley Quinn where there's they, where they bring her into the mainstream continuity. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there but she is. It, but again, it's, she's so popular. She's still so popular. I mean, Ro- Margot Robbie, wow. And this, I haven't seen it yet, but the, the animated series, which is quite mature in nature from last year. Everybody's talking about it. Yeah. And so the idea that, hey, here's the first time that Harley Quinn's in a comic book. So I, I don't think it's going down. I think it's even mm-hmm. what's driving the price of this in the last couple of months, the first appearance of Punchline, because people are going, yeah. oh, here's the Harley replacement. Yeah. This one will be an yeah. issue to get. Yeah. And so I'm seeing it uh, at over a hundred bucks, even though it's it's less than, uh, you know, a couple months old. Even I saw the uh, the second, the year of the villain, the second printing was going crazy, which surprised me. Wow. Yeah. So, I mean, going crazy. It's relative. It's was more than I expected. <laughs> I, I um, should I should mention that back in 92, that Carol Ann thought this character was so cool that while I drive a Batman motorcycle, hers is all Harley Quinn. She has a Harley Quinn leather riding outfit come on. and black and red uh, ponytails that she sticks on the side of her helmet. So, okay, well, that's amazing. So, so years before she became such a 
liked by everyone that Carol Ann points out, I liked her before it was cool to like her. Listen, I wish I'd been smart enough to pick this up. I, I did not like the art style then. To me, it was kid-oriented, but I probably liked, uh, in that time period, I was Jim Lee or nothing. Do you remember <laughs> yes. that? Was yeah, a, there's a slight difference between a, a Ty Templeton period. cover and a... Uh, <laughs> yeah. and a and a Jim yeah. Lee. There was a there was a time when Jim Lee just sort of moved into my brain and stayed there now for a does, long time. He does draw a nice Harley in the Hush Run in Batman, exactly. but uh... exactly. Well, let's talk about. We want to wind this up soon. I want to talk about what's happening in Batgirl currently, and to me, what epitomizes Batgirl currently can be seen by here's an Adam Hughes. Let's take a look at that. So that's Adam Hughes' Batgirl. Eh, do you like the way he approaches her? You know what? It's a, it's a style choice. I, I mean, an Adam Hughes Wonder Woman or a Batgirl, yeah, he has a huge number of followers for yeah. a reason. He does draw the female form yeah. wonderfully. It's not my Batgirl. Same. Now here's a Darwin. And you cannot disagree with the Darwin Cook I love that card. That's one of my favorite so covers. So good. Yeah. And it's just, again, it's so stylized. You could argue that it's, you know, cartoony. I think because he did uh, um, Final Frontier that you sort of associate it with sort of a 50s vibe. Yeah. yeah. And, yet, and yet, I just, I love the design of that. I, I love beautiful. the fact that she's on a motorcycle. And, and by the way, these are cheap. You can get yeah. these yes. two for nothing. They're yeah. barely over cover price. But let's get into my jam now, which oh, is yeah. the Josh Middleton. The one that everybody wants is this one. Isaac, you can look up Batgirl yep. 23. This yep. is, the second I saw this, I thought this is one of the best covers of all time. I can't believe how good this cover is. I was totally taken and couldn't find it anywhere. Rob, here's a story for you. My wife and I went to Australia. We went to the coast of Australia to a little town called Port Macquarie. I had been looking for this comic everywhere. Never, never, never anywhere. I am going to get ice cream with my friend Terry, who lives there. He's teacher on exchange. As we're going to get ice cream, we pass a comic store in Australia, in a beach town, in a little pass, uh, p uh, pedestrian area. And I go walking in thinking, what kind of comics come to Australia? And I hear the guy who is there is talking, uh, you know, like he's from Michigan or something. And I said, are you from Michigan? And he goes, how do you know? <laughs> you know, that way. And I said, uh, I'm from Ontario. And he goes, where are you from? And I say, Godrich. And he goes, oh, I've been up there. And I said, wow. Uh, listen, I'm going to ask. I'm looking for... And I tell him, and he goes, oh, yeah, I got one. And he pulls it out and sells it to me. And I took it, and he goes, I'm going to have to charge you 10 bucks. And I go, okay. And he goes, because it's mine. <laughs> he sold me his Jeez. for 10 bucks. Some oh. nice people in Michigan. Yeah. But listen, give us the overhead for a minute there, Nick. They're all so good. That is beautiful. That's not him. He had a way. I have them all in here, but I'm not going to pull them all out. He, 
He had a way of approaching that character. Those paintings, when you put them up, absolutely spectacular. You know, and I think, I think she looks very heroic there. She yes. looks like a hero. And I know it's the whole, believe me, I get it. You're dressing up like a bat or you're wearing tights or there's mm -hmm. this cape thing that's got to be mm -hmm. horrible. It's, but I don't care. In, in that artwork, yeah, she looks like uh, a hero. She looks like, I'm a dad, I have a daughter. This is what this is what I want. Like this is when I see my daughter, I see, you know, a, a perfectly realized, beautiful face. She's looking up. She's not sexualized, but she's beautiful. This is what I see in my daughter. I see a character who's approaching the world and winning. And it just, I, I think this is absolutely stunning. How much does this cost, Isaac? You did pretty good at 10 bucks. Typical sale raw comic is 72.50. I uh, think it should be pretty awesome. 9.8 225. So if you kept that in good condition, Rand, you're not doing too bad. Let's get the overhead. I want to show you another one from that Josh Middleton. Look at this one. To me, this looks like a trip to Paris. Yeah. Again, old, old advertisement. Yeah. It's She's, it's Audrey Hepburn Roman Holiday. Yeah, 100% yeah. It's not sexualized. She looks put together like she's got this expression on her face. Go to another one. This is not him, but a little more typical. I don't like these sort of anime looking. Look at that. That's a Middleton. Really nice. Really nice. This is emphasizing her as a classic detective, right? The Scales of Justice. This one feels to me like Sherlock Holmes. We'll skip that. I like this one. It's playful. It's cute. She looks like a real person. She's blushy. And then this one, which I thought was just lovely. And it showed her as a vulnerable person. But look at the arch to the eyebrow. He's really capturing this character in ways that appeal to me as a dad but also as an art collector. And I like those depictions. There are some artists right now, Rob, I don't know if you're looking, we talked about it a little bit off air. There are some artists that are bringing so much uh, flavor to these characters that have been around for so long. Do you find yourself getting caught up in the variant game? You know what? I have a few variant covers. It's not the main thing that I go to. I, I actually do the, the mainline stuff, but, mm -hmm. but I agree with you. There are so many that, uh, it, well, actually one of the Batgirl variant covers that I brought in was the Bombshells one, which again, it's, it's a, a pinup style variation of, of, uh, of things, which has proven so popular that there was another than comic series on it. And uh, uh, certainly the statues that DC generated are again, you know, here's these uh, amazing... Uh, looking female characters. But I, I think you're right. Batgirl being around for decades now, uh, like Batman, is successful because of the different takes on her. I think that when you look at the Cassandra Cain uh, Batgirl, who, uh, you know, not only a woman, but uh, uh, Asian background and, uh, uh, you know, parents that were assassins and all this other stuff. There, there is, happily, they've moved on from, we can't be responsible for a girl on with crime fighting, that they've moved on to an empowered female, a, a, a true superhero, mm -hmm. uh, you know, who happens to be female and, uh, and yet is, is powerful. And I think that the, all these variations on it, the, the more successful ones are the ones that do build on those themes and not that it's like, you know, here's a, here's a sexy costume. 
give me the overhead for this one. This is the one that started it off for me. Uh, this Batgirl one from the Rebirth. She's got a smile. Her costume's not super sexualized. She's got boots on. And it's always a thing when you see the treads on the boots, if you remember when Batman's boot treads were a thing. Hey, that's, I a, just, that, that's a Jim Lee thing, it, I believe. It's a Jim Lee. But I just loved this. I loved the way it felt. It just looked like fun. And I thought, again, I have a daughter. I thought, if I was a girl, I'd want to read this. And if I was a dad with a daughter of the right age, I would want her to read that title. I would want her to feel like that. And there are not a lot of female, well, there are now. In history, there are not a lot of female characters that get treated in a way that you might like. Give us an overhead here. <laughs> Do you remember this one? That's that, that is the harder than Batman family number one to get because it's yeah. the Joker's daughter and, and inside there's actually Two-Face's daughter. There's, there's the daughters of all of them. They decided yeah. to do an all-daughter issue, I guess. And it's a little more old school Definitely. with the sexualized costume and kind of the cat fight style, the yeah. pulling the hair and stuff. It's just a little disappointing. I mean, at the time I get it, but when you compare it with what we're seeing now, it just feels really nice. The change is nice. Long way to go. Nobody's I arguing think, about that. You know what? The, with the recons of Batgirl, with Barbara Gordon being uh, back on the scene, mm -hmm. the, the recent change, again, with that outfit, they also consciously made her a Batgirl. Yeah. It's like she's sharing a college dorm room yeah. with, with someone else. It's not the congresswoman anymore. Mm -hmm. uh, and But I know traditionally that Batgirl has been, uh, you know, in the top, top 300 selling issues of comic books consistently uh, because she is such a popular character mm -hmm. that uh, in terms of overall sales, that even with the tweaking to the character, the costume, the whatever else, that, that people love her. I like her because she's so smart. And if there's a Nancy Drew vibe there that's yeah. very old fashioned, but very real. If you're the right age, it, it gives you that feeling you know, they hit the mystery and the playfulness. And there's a lot of stuff in that run that's woke. And some people don't like woke comics. I do. I like to see how that is implemented. I like to see how current culture gets implemented into some of these 50 and 60 and 80-year-old characters. So I'm in. I'm going to say you can get some of these Batgirl comics for cover price or lower. It's worth doing. If you can find that variant cover. Oh, the variants are around. Let's go to Australia. So that one guy's that, Well, that, that, right. one, that one variant is the one that went so up So really, crazy. you pay 10 bucks, except for the flight to Australia. And probably you had dinner that day. Don't and, forget the ice and, uh, cream. Uh, anyway, yeah. So yeah, it was a good You deal, actually got ice cream? That's surprising. Well, for him. Oh, okay. See, just for people who want a little backstory, uh, and then we'll cut this episode. But this, consider this a little inside look at making documentaries. After a long day of shooting interviews, you will be working and sometimes you're not eating. Sometimes, depending on what kind of craft setup you have, you are eating. But you might get up at four or three and shoot for a long time. And you might not have your supper till eight or nine o'clock. That's not a good system for me. I like to intermittent fast because I'm an old man. So sometimes... I go for a walk in the evening, and sometimes the cinematographer, one of my partners in Definitive Film, will walk along beside me. And I'll say, hey, would you like to go for ice cream? And he always says yes. 
And so we walk over to a place that we know has the most delicious ice cream. And then he gets one. And I do this. And then he's angry at me because I don't get one. Why did you just get me to go to get an ice cream? Why don't you get an ice cream? I didn't want one. Well, thank you for taking me to get ice cream. Man. But I, I like the walk. I like the the. And nice you were happy that I enjoyed the ice cream. I like that you enjoy it. I appreciate. It. That. But I also like that you feel guilty and that yeah. you chew about it afterwards. Yeah. But you know the really great thing is you introduced me to avocado. Listen, we can't go too deep here. That's really good stuff. Rob, if you don't know what an affogato is, I'm not judging you. It's where you get two scoops of ice cream and they pour espressos on oh. that. Wow. And when you get so it with that, that cacao nib, yeah. actual good chocolate stuff there in California. Someday, if they can ever deal with their COVID problems and we can go back to Los Angeles. We'll get that. We'll go to 3rd and Fairfax. We'll go to Carmela Ice Cream. Mm. Hopefully, they'll still be open mm. and we'll get all the good ice creams and we'll be so happy that America is back on track and looking after their people and letting us come back to the country. And you'll be so, so sugar buzzed that you'll be able to go back and do more interview shooting that night. <laughs> We'll shoot, we'll go right around the clock. Yep. Rob, once again, so glad that you came here. I say once again, because people don't know, we've already had a Batman conversation that will come up in a subsequent episode. So but we're really once again in the future of the thing that was going to happen in the future. We're time travelers. Excellent. We thank you for coming and talking Batgirl with us. You know so, so much more about us. Hey, I should mention that I'm wearing a Batgirl shirt. There she is. Yeah, I was going to say, you have to stand up because otherwise all you see is Arnold's. That's some, right. Some call her the Girl. least least loved oh, Batgirl. Yes. <laughs> but hey, she's out there. They they did her because she's such a character. So I'm popular. actually going to make a pact to go back and watch that movie again. I've seen it only once. I now that they put rubber I, nipples on her costume. Let's not talk about that. <laughs> I'll lend you a copy. Okay. So everybody that tuned in this long for this much Batgirl action, good for you. Thank you so much. This has been episode seven of Key Issue. Thanks to our friends at Cover Price who are allowing us to figure out which are the buys that save us the money to get the stories and the comics that we want. Isaac, any thoughts? Any thoughts? Any thoughts? Thoughts before we go. Nope, just gonna spell out C-O-V-R-P-R-I-C-E dot com. Check them out. And thanks to Rob Curry. See you next time. 